it is our joy to be with you, and we are so grateful that no matter where we are, God knows where we are, and He is with His own. He is with us. And I want us to not feel as separated as we kind of are in location and distance. And I want us to be able to communicate together. If, if this were a year ago or a year from now, perhaps, this room would be filled with people. There would be people in most every chair. And at this point, when I speak, no one responds except an occasional amen from one person, maybe. And so let us not be that way today. Though you are not here, I guarantee you, I will be able to hear you as you type. If you want to type amen or you want to even type a response, as everybody else is hearing, we can participate together and share as one body as we hear the word and respond to it. Today, we are looking in Psalm 23. As we go through the entire Bible, we find ourselves here at the place where David last week was on the run. This week in Psalm 23, we will, we will study this text, but I think there is no more familiarity with this text. I mean, there, this is the most familiar text, perhaps in the whole Bible, even to those who don't know Christ and who don't go to church, they do tend to go to funerals. And I believe every funeral I have ever led, everybody there hears Psalm 23. And so what is it? What is it about this psalm that that offers such hope and strength and comfort and encouragement. Do you believe that we are at a time in our lives, in this world, where we can use some strength and hope and comfort and encouragement? I hope so. This passage, I want to read it to you, but I know that it's etched in your heart. I want us to spend some time studying, but mostly... We're going to meditate. We're going to meditate on this text. And, and as I read this, just know that this is, this is coming from David's experience as a shepherd. That's in the background as we hear this song. So if you would, open your Bibles or you can stare at the screen as I read the word of the Lord. The Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, or I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. 
Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is a look at the shepherd who satisfies. What is it in your life have you searched for, perhaps it's in your past, perhaps it's even now, what is it that you have searched for for satisfaction and left unsatisfied? Share that with us. What is it that you have tried in your life hoping for satisfaction but come up lacking? I want to to look at eight very simple truths as we look at this text today, as we meditate on this, eight simple truths about the shepherd who satisfies. And the first is this. Your shepherd's care is extremely personal. Look at the text. As we read through this text, I want you to hear... First-person pronouns. And yes, I know that this is not English class, but hear this. First person, I, my, me. He is not speaking of, David is not speaking of someone else's shepherd, not just a shepherd or even the shepherd, but my shepherd. See if you can pick up on 17 times. First person, personal pronouns. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He loves you personally. Your shepherd's care is extremely personal. Isn't it a great truth to know that when we are as isolated as perhaps we have ever been in our lives, we will not escape God's care. We will not escape. We do not want to escape. And we are grateful that we know that the church is a body in which Christ lives in our heart instead of a building that we can't access. Isn't it awesome to know that our shepherd's care is extremely personal? He knows you. And as we learn from David... And also our own experience. Valleys are lonely places. But with God, we are never alone. And even though 
everyone else deserts you, even if everyone else deserts you, you are never, ever alone. And so, shepherd's care is extremely personal. Secondly, the second truth, your shepherd never stops giving to you. Your shepherd never stops giving to you. He says, I shall not lack, or I shall lack nothing. But hear this. Think about times in your life where it has been tough. Where you read this, that I will lack nothing, but you know your bank account. You know the things that you don't have. You know the times where it's been tough. You know the loved one's name that is no longer with you. And yet, your shepherd never stops giving to you. And here's what I mean by this. Even in lack, we have what we need. In love, He gives grace. In pain, He gives healing. In loss, He is with us. He gives us His presence. In weakness, He gives strength. In confusion, He gives wisdom. And truthfully, David knows this well because suffering is the product of lack. And what if we have a lack of health or a lack of healthy relationships? Even in that, the Lord is with us. Our shepherd is with us in these. I can't think of a better example of lack or suffering than of Job. If you have a chance, and I'm sure many of you have nothing better to do, look at the book of Job, Job chapter 1 even, and it shares thing by thing, person by person, stuff and people are removed from his life. Things that he had, that he wanted, that he loved, and then are gone. But note Job's response. When he says, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That, I believe, is the same Spirit of God within him that is in David when he says this, that I shall not want, or I shall not lack. And David, as you remember from last week, even though he's deserted, he knows he'll never be alone, and even though times are tough, your shepherd never stops giving to you. Even when it feels stinky and tough or lonely or even devastating. Even in devastation, he gives us his presence. And that is sufficient. And we are grateful for that. And so he's extremely personal. He never stops giving. And thirdly, your shepherd's provision is based on his grace. Not your ability. Think that through for a moment. 
Your shepherd's provision is based on his grace, not your ability. Aren't we grateful that, that what he gives us is based on his ability and not ours? We know that one of his names, Jehovah Jireh, is our provider. And he will give us everything we need. And so his provision shows us that he is doing the work. Could you imagine? If it were based on our ability, we would be sunk. It would be bad juju. It would be horrible. And even as we go into depth on this, that he does the work, by his grace, he refreshes you. Even if perhaps you're in your pajamas right now, and you haven't showered since you had to see someone in public, Maybe refreshing is a good thing. But this is speaking of spiritual refreshing. He refreshes us. I don't know how often you lie down in green pastures. I'm not sure you live in a rural setting. Perhaps you do where you can just go out in the back 40 and just lay in a green field. And that would be great until ticks crawled on you, or the mosquitoes began to bite, or what if it were 103 degrees? I want you to get the fact that this is refreshing. Think from the perspective of a sheep. If you are a sheep, you are refreshed by green pasture and quiet waters. And why is quiet waters, why are quiet waters important to a sheep? Because sheep are dumb. And they have short little legs. And when they want to swim, it is not easy to swim in white water of a river. Though they can drink, and though they will go to a white water river if they must. But think how refreshing it is. Just to be at a farm pond. Or just a lake where it's still and quiet. And you can walk in. And it's, it's also quiet without things jumping out of the water to... To bite you and eat you. And so what this means for us is that God's grace refreshes us. Whenever we're at our wits end, whenever things are going nuts, our God knows our needs and He refreshes us. And so not only does He refresh us, but by His grace He restores you. He says He restores my soul. He restores my soul. Do you right now, if you were to be honest, and you were to look at your soul, and you were to try to see your own soul from the perspective of the God who lives there, or perhaps not, but if you know Him, He lives in your soul, looking from that perspective, do you need to be restored? you need to come back? Are you grateful that there is a good shepherd that is ready to restore you? He also says by his grace, he makes you righteous. And this is so important. He guides me in paths of righteousness. Now, what in the world does that mean? He leads us in the path of righteousness, which means if we were going our own way every time, we are going to go the wrong way. 
I know that right now the grocery store is still essential and perhaps you are trying not to go there because people who go there tend to lick doorknobs and you're going to get sick. So stay away from the grocery store if you can. However, I remember very well the tendency is when I go to the grocery store, I always get that shopping cart. That shopping cart was the jacked up wheel where when you get it out, it looks great. And so you start going and all of a sudden, this one is going Or, in my case, is notorious, I get the bad shopping cart. I will push the cart and no matter what you do, it veers to the right or it'll veer to the left. And no matter what, if you put weight in it, if you try to bear on one side or the other to try to get it to correct and go straight, the more you push, the more it goes off path. That is us. That is how we are. And we need this good shepherd to lead us in the right path. And even when naturally we want to veer off to the right or to the left, he leads us in paths of righteousness. And why does he do that? That brings us to the third or to the, the fourth truths, and that is your shepherd's grace results in your shepherd's glory for his name's sake. He does all of this for his own glory. God is he is as committed to our good as he is to his own glory. How great is that? How great is this that he does this for his name's sake? And so if you think about this, God does things for his own glory. And if you look at it from the world's perspective, you can think that God is kind of self-centered. He is self-centered. Who else would he be centered on? Who else should he be centered on? You? Me? No. He believes, or we believe sometimes that we are the center of our universe, but praise God that he is the center of his universe, and he allows us to be a part of it. He loves us. And so, we come to this A turn, a shift in imagery. And we see the next truth. Because your shepherd gives you everything, he leaves you nothing to fear. In our Sunday school class this morning, the guys were talking about baptism and how the presence of God in our life causes us to not have to fear. We don't have to fear because... He's with us. He's got us. He knows us. He's gone before us. He is in us. And he provides everything we need. So because your shepherd gives you everything, he leaves you nothing to fear. Think of various perspectives on this. Why do babies cry? Sarah, why do babies cry? Young moms, why do babies cry? Because they're uncomfortable. Because they lack a dry bottom. 
They lack the food that they want. They lack the comfort that they enjoy. All of these things, but they fear. And But if they know and they trust that you are going to do everything for them, then you bring them comfort and no need to fear. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. If you think about this verse from the perspective of a sheep or a human, it's pretty sweet. Because the good shepherd will lead these sheep safely through whatever is lurking in the shadows of this valley. But the thing the same thing is true of God. He leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. And whatever that means in your life, whether you have been close to death or are close to death now, or even if some parts of your life want you dead, even if you have enemies that were attacking you and long to see you disappear from this earth, we know that God gives us everything. He is with us. Everything that we need, He gives us, and so He leaves us nothing to fear. For He is with me. But then next, your shepherd not only sustains you, he satisfies. The song we sang earlier, we were made to thrive. You know, not just eek by, but thrive. And this is not the, the health and wealth, blab it and grab it kind of theology. This is a promise from God that he promises us himself. Not just getting through it, but changing our mourning into dancing. Not just surviving, but thriving. Even in suffering, he satisfies. And even in the presence of our enemies. You prepare a table, the Bible says, before me in the presence of my enemies. And so... He allows us to enjoy life even though there's other parts of our life that maybe want us dead. Think about that. Hopefully, you aren't dealing with people wanting you dead. Maybe a virus that wants us dead. But even in this, even in suffering, God hosts a banquet in our honor. And that should bring satisfaction. And then the next truth is your shepherd pursues you with his love. What a big deal. This is the biggest deal in my world because we can't make him pursue us. We just can't. We're not that cool. He pursues us because he loves us. 
We don't make Him love us. He loves us because He loves us. He loves us because He wants to. Perhaps He loves us because He made us. But He did not make us sinful. We chose that on our own. And yet, He still loves us. That's a huge deal. His goodness and mercy follow me. If he weren't God, it would sound like a stalker. When you always look back and someone's there, that's creepy. But if it's our God, who we long for, who we want to be there, it's comforting. The fact that he pursues us even when we don't feel like anyone would pursue us. Even if we feel like we are unlovely, unlovable, the fact that the God of the universe comes after us and wants to be with us is so good. We don't deserve it. We are sheep. And the Bible says all of we, all of us, we are all like sheep. Who have gone astray. We are prone to wonder. We are prone to leave. But yet. He is in pursuit. To show us goodness. And mercy. The best news of all of this. Is the final truth. And that is your experience with this shepherd. Will never end. So think about this. All of these things, truth one through truth seven, are eternal. So hear this. Your shepherd's care is extremely personal. Forever. Your shepherd never stops giving to you. Your shepherd's provision is based on his grace, not your ability. And it always will be. He will always refresh, always restore, always makes us righteous. Your shepherd's grace results in your shepherd's glory, always. And because your shepherd gives you everything, he leaves you nothing to fear, ever, ever. And he will always pursue us with his love. He always sustains, always satisfies. And so, when the passage ends, surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What we see here is, His goodness to you is eternal. His goodness... And his love will follow me all the days of my life. And then secondly here, your fellowship with him will be everlasting. So what good news is this? But I want to show you another look at Shepherd. How is it, how is it even possible to say? That though we are prone to wonder, rebel, though we're prone to run away, though we are prone to sin, that we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. How can we say that? 
How can we know that? I want you to hear from John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse 11. I think it is a great commentary on Psalm 23. When Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he has a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my Father. So we have a good shepherd. And we know his name is Jesus. So the answer to how is it even possible for for the sheep, us, who are sinful and prone to wonder, prone to run away. How is it even possible that we can dwell in the house of the Lord forever? Because, as David says, he leads us in the path of righteousness. And as the good shepherd in John 10 says four different times, the good shepherd lays down his life. In verse 11... I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Verse 15, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And then in 17, I lay down my life only to take it up again. In verse 18, two times. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up. And so we can have the confidence that we can dwell in the house of the Lord forever, not because we are awesome, but because He is awesome, because He has made us righteous, because He died on the cross for our sin. He laid down His life to save our life. That's why He came. The cross is not plan B. The cross is the plan. To reconcile us to God. He conquered death. So that we can live forever with Him. And so as Easter approaches. Think of the good shepherd that laid his life down for the sheep. And think of where we are in this story. We are the sheep. Sheep have always been known to be kind of um, low IQ, high maintenance. And I believe that this picture of us is well chosen. We are prone to run. Even when the Good Shepherd knows what is best for us, we 
choose wrong. We choose the bad every time. I used to have this dog. We would let this dog out and it would be rainy or it would be cold. It would be a hurricane or a blizzard, whatever. This dog, it would run out and run away. Run away in a blizzard. Yes, that is not bright. When that dog should have known or could have known that there was safety and food, protection and heat with the master. And so let us hear this word. But then also I want to, to leave you with this. Because there is coming a day where these sheep will be gathered. The sheep will be gathered together in Revelation chapter 7 verse 15. Therefore... They are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will spread His tent over them. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And so hear this. As we close. That no matter. How dark. How deep. The despair is. That there will come a day. When you will see your shepherd face to face. And he will personally wipe. Every tear from your eyes. And we know that we have nothing to fear when this is our destination. Guaranteed. We do not have to fear. Because His goodness to you is eternal. And your fellowship to Him will be everlasting. And for, for all eternity... Those who know Christ will feast at His table. We will never leave His presence. We will feast at His table and experience His pasture, walking beside still waters, in complete righteousness before the Lord your shepherd. And as the Scripture says, we're here. And he will get great glory in it all. I believe that this quarantine time is, if nothing else, a great time to think. A great time because what else is there to compete for your time? Surely you have seen everything that Netflix has to offer. Think about it. What this means. Why did God create you? Not why did God create the persons in your house that are annoying the, the snot out of you. But why did God create you? He created you for a relationship with Him. And so are you right now? Are you running? Are you the sheep that is not so bright 
And, and this passage needs to remind you that the God who created you loves you and is pursuing you like crazy to bring you into his satisfaction. Is that you? Do you need to stop running and allow the one who loves you, who is in hot pursuit, to overtake you? Or perhaps you don't know him at all. Perhaps you have only heard of this at funerals and it made the people around you feel good and it seemed like a really good poem. I want to introduce you to this good shepherd. This good shepherd reminds us, because he loves us, that we are sinful. And that if left to our own devices, we will go to hell. And we will spend eternity away from God in hell. But this good shepherd, he, he looked after us. He runs after us. He wants to protect us. He wants to, to save us. And he has died on the cross for our sin. Easter is next week. That is when we celebrate that, that God died on the cross for our sin, but that he was raised from the dead to new life. <clears throat> and here is the reason he did it for us. And so if we trust him, if we trust that he died on the cross for us, and we trust that his sacrificial death will take away our sin, he tells us in his word that he'll save us. And when he saves us, he saves us forever. So that we can be with him forever. So is this you? Is God calling you for the first time to trust him? If so, let us know. Cry out to him. Stop running and kicking and screaming. Just be his. And allow him to do his work in you. And if you would reach out. To your pastor. Reach out. If you don't go to Abundant Hope. Come to Abundant Hope. Or find a church near you. Reach out to strong believers. <clears throat> you can comment. If you need help. Allow us to, to help you grow. In your new relationship with Christ. So whether you've run. Away always and consistently or whether you're his and you're just on the run now. The good shepherd's calling you. And I want to pray that you will hear and that you will listen. So would you join me as we pray? Father, we we praise you because you love us. You see something in us that makes you want to pursue us. And we know that we are not lovely. Though we try to be, we convince ourselves we are, but we know in accordance with your word and your holy standards that we're all sinners. And we can be mad at you for telling us we're sinners, but it's your grace that tells us so we can do something We can't save ourselves. We can't do enough good to outweigh the bad. But we can trust you because you have told us that you died in our place. And so I pray for those who are hearing and watching right now. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak directly to hearts. And that you would take away all the distractions right now. 
and help serious conversations to take place in our hearts. I pray that you are calling people from darkness and that you are showing them your light. Lord, help us as a church to reach out as we can to help people to grow. And during these days, help us to contemplate who you are and who we are. Don't let us waste this opportunity to draw close to you as you are seeking to draw close to us. So Lord, in these moments, we praise you. Because you love us, you pursue us, and you want to save us. And so Lord, we celebrate this as we run to you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Before we leave, I just want to say a few things to you, and then we'll pray and, and be done. First, I want to let you know that we miss you guys like you would not believe. And I want to encourage you to that end. Call one another. Use technology. Check on each other. If you are good at technology, you can use apps or devices or whatever it takes. Video chat. Talk to people. Check on each other. Even if you talk to each other about seemingly goofy things, just communicate with each other. Check on one another. Meet needs as you can. Let us know. Let us know through text or the website or however you can through Facebook if there are needs that we can help with. And also know that we've been working on giving options. There's some, there's some guidelines on that on the Facebook page as well for, for church members. And thank you again for, for being with us, for worshiping the, the one true God. No matter where you are, and I mean that physically as well as spiritually, it was a great time to spend with you, to, to meditate on the Word, and spend time worshiping the only one who's worthy. So would you pray with me? Father, we, we are just dumbfounded by how great you are. Every song we sing, every text that we read, we are consistently led to you. You shine a light on your character as we read through your word. Father, I pray that you would help us in these, these weird days, these perhaps lonely days or dark days, whether there's fear, whether there's boredom, whatever it is, I pray that you would not allow this opportunity to pass without you gaining the glory through this. Not just in our church, our homes, not just this country, but throughout the world that you have made. I pray that you would use this event for your great glory. And now go with us, Lord, as we, as we think about one another. Help us to be the church. And as we think about you as our good shepherd, as you give us satisfaction and everything we need, help us to put those things and that character into practice, to shine a light to the world who you are in us, even if we have to be a little more creative to do so. And Lord, we thank you for this. We thank you for your love. We thank you for Jesus, in whose name we pray.
Amen. Thank you.